That's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, Walker! So sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rampage Uncaged, brought to you by the Hameen Media Group and ChannelAttitude.com. Five bucks a month gets you all the best pro wrestling podcasts, including this show, Impact Attack, The Locker Rooms, and, of course, The Wreckage. I'm Chris Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with Noel or bullshit first thing in the morning. Don't worry, everybody. If you forget how to spell my name, I'll just remind you. Joining me tonight is a man brave enough to hate Jefferson on the 4th. He's a doctor, a lawyer, and the gardener, of course. Evil dose himself, <laughs> Jeff Lippman. Jeff, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for the tailored intro. Um, it was inspired, unlike tonight's rampage. <laughs> hey, inspired is what I do, man. You know, you know. <laughs> I noticed something today when I was just watching the the little intro video we have that leads into Uncaged. Is like still at this point, in spite of the fact that he hasn't been a major part of the you know announced team in forever, the best announced like clips that you can find from AEW shows are Jim Ross. It's Jim Ross. He is the best announcer that they have. And he is an old man who actively forgets half of the people's names. <laughs> He's still like leaps and bounds better than everyone else they have in the booth. It's fucking embarrassing. Well, well speaking of old men who forget people's names, who he's known for, I don't know, at least 20 years, Chris Jericho did not know how to pronounce Matt Seidel. He kept going Seidel. Yeah, well, like, like he's known the guy since he was Evan born. I mean, 
Chris Jericho, everybody. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's like Chris Jericho on commentary is one of those things where like people are going to look back on it, you know, 15 years from now and be like, oh, look at everything that Jericho was able to do. He was an announcer for X number of years on Uncaged. And then like inevitably you're going to have actual intelligent wrestling fans. They're like, yeah, but I listened to that and it is not a good thing to put on his CV. <laughs> Yeah, it really isn't. I mean, yeah, I get when he was like in the beginning, like the show really was him. Like every AEW was really carried on his shoulders for the first year, but he still thinks it is, or he still has convinced himself that it is, and it isn't and hasn't been for a while. And it would actually be better if he stepped back a little, made himself more of an attraction rather than an attractive nuisance. Mm, yeah, he's definitely a nuisance. Um, uh, to that end, it seems like everybody that they have on, <laughs> it seems like everybody that they have on commentary or, you know, as that sort of, you know, backstage announcing role from WWE is actively not good. Like Chris Jericho, actively not good. When Paul White was doing it, actively not good. Uh, Mark Henry, actively not good at, at mm -hmm. you know, the position that they have for him. So. You know, may, maybe they just need to find people who have been good elsewhere. Maybe. Well, I would say Taz is pretty good for his role. And, and what little I've heard of Matt Maynard on commentary, I think he's good at it. He seems to be a natural. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, Taz, I'll give you that. Taz is still pretty good. And I don't, I, I cannot agree with you about Matt Maynard or any, or anyone else saying anything positive about that guy ever. I just can't. Shiver me timbers. Yeah, sorry. Um, anyway, it's episode number 100 for AEW Rampage. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho thanks us for allowing us, uh, for allowing them in our homes for, for 100 weeks in a row. And I guess you're welcome, Chris. I, I guess. It's like a vampire thing. Like, once you invite them in, you can't get them out. Yeah, vampire, Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New gimmick. All right. Yeah, new gimmick. Also, his real life gimmick, where he just you know sucks off the popularity of literally everyone who gets even a little popular in this company, so that he can stay relevant for just another minute longer. God, I wish they would just run with that as his character because it, it like it fits. Well, they should, but he he also sucks off the energy of people who are not popular just to keep him at the stability to suck off those that are. It's 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 really quite amazing. It's it's you know it's it's a it's a career accomplishment it really is. Um, all right, we begin tonight with the Dark Order in the ring, and they're going to face the Elite. Uh, Adam Page is the uh, face in this match. The Dark Order's problem is that they're mad about the fact that they were Page's friends when he was at his lowest point, and uh, you know when the Elite had basically told him to bugger off because he wasn't you know good enough he had friends in the dark order and the, the dark order were his friends even when he was at his lowest and they helped pick him up and they uh, you know they came out and they saved him a number of times i watched it happen jeff i've seen mm -hmm. it it's actually yeah. what really happened right. um and then he abandoned them for the elite as soon as they would take him back so i mean they have a point they're yes, tiny they're tiny men and they're wrestling the actual evps of this wrestling company it's how are they the heels? 
I don't know. It's as if at the beginning of the Big Bang Theory season one was all about how Penny was too cool for them and was hanging out with the cool girls. But, uh, you know, but then they all dumped her for whatever reason. And the neighbors across the street were always there no matter what. And they, no matter how many times they were rejected, they were still good friends. And then, you know, they stayed good friends for two or three years. And then the cool girls came back and said, sorry, Penny, we, we made a mistake. And she said, later, losers. To uh, you know, Sheldon and and uh, Leonard and the gang, and walked off with the the with the Mean Girls again. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. All all of that is a true story, um, but you know, even as a precursor to that, this was the rematch that absolutely nobody asked for. Nobody, and I you know, it's funny because I think it was I think it was Wednesday. I think it was this 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 uh, this week. It was Wednesday night when. Um, the elite came down to make a save at the end of someone's match who I can't even fucking remember at this point, because that's how much I remember what's going on in AEW in spite of the fact that it's like, it takes up an immense amount of my time to both watch and then podcast about this company. Anyway, the elite came out and they saved somebody at the end of dynamite. And then, um, the dark order came out and they stopped Adam page from hitting someone with a chair again, face move, big face is there stopping the guy from hitting somebody else with a chair and we couldn't see what actually happened at the end of that because they basically ran out of time and missed their fucking time cues because this company is run by a bunch of goddamn amateurs um not only for you all but for me on dvr my dvr actually stopped recording before most of that even happened Ah, well, there you go. That's, uh, that's, that is a problem. You know, like if, if you can't even hit your overrun time and make it make sense, you fucked up. You just, yeah. you're, you're, you're doing a bad job. Um, Especially with the uh, empty calorie time that was in the show. I mean, Jericho had, had like two long promo segments. Yes. Um, anytime I have to see Chris Jericho twice, I am not in a good mood. Um, this match, by the way, didn't put me in a good mood. Cheating happens in front of the ref because his only job is to count. Um, why doesn't Tony Khan just come out with a major announcement one of these weeks where he just says, "Listen, AEW feels like we are the you know we are the spiritual successor to ECW, and so we've decided that the ref's only job from now on is to count to three. Never mind about all those pesky wrestling rules, and we just we just have them out here to count to three. At that point, Jeff, at least I would be able to stop pointing this out every time this shit happens in AEW. I could say, well, we hey, it's 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 established within canon, you know, within the story here that the referee's job in AEW is just to count to three. There are no rules, etc but they can't even do that. They keep trying to pretend like this is a wrestling company that has rules, but the referee is just stupid, ignorant. What is it? Yeah. And on top of that, you could tell that something goofy was going to happen because Rick Knox, who's never really at the center of attention as he shouldn't be, was standing there like a statue, sort of like just off center of the ring in mid ring where you knew he shouldn't be, where you knew he'd be in the way of a buckshot lariat. Um, and that, and that's not where he would stand the prior. If, if, if this was, if this was in the prior 99 shows, a rampage, all 99 of them, he would not have been in this position. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Also, a couple of other things here. Um, if Paige is meant to be the face here, which is exactly what they're trying to tell me, like they're, they're trying to tell me this on commentary, that Adam Page is the face. Adam Page is the yeah. good guy. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he Why isn't he even selling a little bit that he's conflicted about having to beat the shit out of his friends? Like nothing at all. He's just out there having a good old time, just beating the fuck out of these guys. Just, hey, fuck these fucking little fat fucks and, and, this, <laughs> and this little short bastard and this and this other guy whose name nobody remembers. Like, I just, I'm, I'm happy as hell to beat the crap out of these people. Like, that's not a face thing to do. Um, and the Bucks actually, you know, well, with the one who was in the ring, I think it was Matt, was making the face like, come help us, come help us at the end. I mean, you know, being the, the stupid baby face, thinking that these other guys are still nice guys when, when clearly they're not. But at least he's acting. You know, at least he's trying to yeah. emote something. But this was one of those matches where everybody was setting up for moves. And there was one point where I guess the Bucks were going to, I think it was uh, Hungy that they were setting up, John Silver, uh, for, you know, Paige's moonsault on, onto the, uh, the torso when he's draped over the the apron and, and on the outside of the ring. It was evil now. Yeah, and uh, was it evil? And then, and then you see John Silver basically get up, look, and see what's going on, and then realize he's supposed to still be down and out. And so he sort of awkwardly f- crawls out of screen. And then when next you see him, he's like, "Oh." <laughs> it's just, and and that was not the only time that that happened. But you know, this for for six guys who have worked together that much, and and you know, you should either either be able to keep up or don't do so many moving parts in this match. I mean, there was no, this was a video game match, which I know neither you nor I like, um, but when it's done well, I think both you and I can respect it or at least appreciate it. This was not, this was none of those things. This, this was just a sloppy, you know, you know, you could have been in uh, at any gym in any indie show, you know, probably in 400 towns and cities across the country tonight. So basically, a Young Bucks match. Uh, yeah, and one of their least inspired ones, and and yeah, and then you got the the little swerve with Takeshita. We know he's evil because he's wearing a black leather jacket. See, I told everyone that that when Taya Valkyrie was wearing a, a black black leather jacket, she was a heel clearly. Um, and then uh, Claudio comes in, delivers one uppercut, and that that you know, and and they of course the referee noticed none of this, cared about none of this, and you know. Kenny Omega couldn't have possibly foreseen this because they get jumped every time by the by the BCC. But you know, no, he's just hanging out in the back with a chair and no shirt. Yep. Uh exactly. Cue my music. <laughs> yeah, cue my music. I need to make the save now. Uh so Kenny comes out, he makes the save. That's it. I don't I don't care. This was a Young Bucks match. It was yeah. a it was a really bad Young Bucks match. Um like you said, there are moments where there are people literally looking around going, am I supposed to be over here yet? Oh, no, I'm still supposed to be selling and then ducking back down to sell. Like, guys, if you can't pull it off, don't fucking do it. Like, and it's, you know, Dutch Mantel, actually, this week on Twitter, he shared a video of some guy doing like a triple backflip thing where he wound up hitting his fucking head on the on the concrete. And I and I commented and I said, okay. Does this kid know how to throw a punch that looks believable? You know, how are his lockups, right? right? Can he cut a promo that makes people interested? 
Does he have a, has he worked enough on his body that if he's, that if there's a close up on him, he looks like an actual fighter? No. Like if he can't do all of those things perfectly, he shouldn't even be attempting this triple backflip gainer, whatever the fuck he was trying to do. And, and if he could do all of those other things, right, he wouldn't be attempting this fucking move. So like, if you're in professional wrestling and you think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this triple gainer to the outside and uh, it's totally going to be great. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get tons of views. I'm going to get tons of, you know, retweets on this move, bro. I'm telling you, go back and spend all of the time that you were going to do setting this move up and work on landing punches. Like fuck. Assuming he can get up. Jesus Christ, man. Like, anyway, I, I fuck, you know me. I fucking hate these matches. I can't stand this shit. Nobody's selling anything. And then people are, and then, like, you know, Reynolds is kicking out a two after, like, a triple threat, you know, move. Like, there's a triple right. team move. Reynolds is kicking out at two. When was the last time Reynolds did anything important enough to warrant him kicking out at two after a triple team, you know, move against the elite? Exactly. They, they, they seemed anything but elite. And I mean, there was, this might be the same sequence you were talking about, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure that Reynolds was hit with both a buckshot lariat and then basically the Macho Man elbow off the top rope by one of the bucks. I'm, I'm sure the other buck hit him with something before that, probably a super kick or a thrust kick or something. Yeah. But basically three moves in a row, two of which could be finishers. And he kicked out. And then, then shortly thereafter, he was hit by the what they call the Indy Taker or the Meltzer, Meltzer Driver. Meltzer I, think driver. It, I think it's the Meltzer Driver when it's in the ring. It's the Indy Taker when they're out of the ring, which I mean, okay. Um, right. It's a lot to keep track of. And kicked out again. Now, th- this, this match was garbage. And the Dark Order getting a win over the Elite is, isn't even like ironically funny. It's like, it's just like if you're the Elite, just you, you don't lose the Dark Order. Really, no matter what, like I, I hear echoes of myself last, you know, last week about the Omega Osprey match and saying, yeah, if all that happens, they should be able to win. It's just, I, I have so, but it's not Omega and Osprey. I mean, it's not two top card guys. It's, it's, it's a bottom card, no card, you know, the dark match act versus what's supposed to be a top card act. Uh, and there's, there is a difference there. And there should be a difference in perception, but of course it's AEW, so there's not. Every, you know, every fight is like a Floyd Mayweather fight. It goes all ten rounds. It finishes in a decision. Yes, Floyd Mayweather <laughs> wins nine out of the, the the ten rounds, so it's considered a domineering win, you know, an overwhelming win. But anybody who watched the fight didn't really feel like it was because uh, nobody ever really looked like they were hurt. Anyway, um, yeah, this match, I you know, I, I it. Unfor- not not for better, definitely for worse. Set the tone for the rest of the show because I saw this. And I, I was I was zoned out and and I was really disinterested. There's only like a couple things that I can say nice about the show. Maybe, maybe I'm going to try to make it five by the by the end of the show. Five nice things I can say about the show. All right. Well, you keep track. Um, yeah. And listen, like there, you know that there are going to be people on on Twitter who are going to be who are going to be saying things like, oh, look at how, you know, selfless the, the EVPs are here. They they took a loss against a team like the Dark Order so that they can try to elevate them. No, they did not. Right. I guarantee you that the Dark Order are not elevated by this win. And if you wanted to if you wanted to really elevate them, if you're really selfless enough to take the loss, 
then take a clean loss on Dynamite, not on Rampage, where you know 269 people are going to be watching this year, this week. Like, uh, I'm, or, I'm or tired. Or they lost to three nobodies, so they're, they're really stung, so they really, it really made an impact. I mean, no, all this did was extend the story that's been going on now, you know, with different casts of characters, but the, the page and, and elite story has been going on almost since AEW started, but at least three years. And this thing with the BCC and the elite, it's got to be over a year now. Yeah, and can it end already? Because it's getting really fucking boring. Like it's it's just very like repetitive at this point. And I'm I'm left watching these matches. Just you know, they they're continually setting up for oh, what's next in this in this chapter? And it's like, but there is no real next chapter. Like people keep saying things like long term storytelling, but there's no progression. It's like somebody wrote a, a chapter and they're like. And they're like, uh, oh, the three musketeers, they uh, they beat up the, th- this is like exactly how it would be written. The three musketeers beat up and killed the French bad guys. And then chapter two, the French bad guys beat up the three musketeers and put them in jail. Chapter three, the three musketeers beat up and killed the French bad guys again. Like, right. Where's so then the chapter four be the French bad guy shall now be known as the French good guys and the three musketeers beat the I mean it, not in this show but but Alexander Dumas this is not let right. me just say that it, 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 between this show and storylines there's basically three of the same story Hang, Hangman Page with his relationship with the elite or with the Dark Order look at it either way you want uh, adjacent to that you have. John Moxley and his relationship with Eddie Kingston, which is the same story. Basically, we're friends. No, we're not. We're friends. No, we're not. I hate your friends. I love you. I don't yeah. love you. I don't care. I hate you. You suck. And and then on this show, you have Mark, Matt Hardy and Ethan Page just role reversing. Just they, they just keep doing the dosi do of who controls whose contract. This this has to be the the, the third turning of the shrew. But it, it's not. These are not long term stories. It's just the same story. It's just. You're just switching the trajectory of who's dancing on the north and who's dancing on the south. Yeah, no, it's bad. Bad stuff. Anyway, speaking of really bad storytelling, QTV is back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Australian lady says she thinks that her and Bowens are going to hook up. Uh, that's okay. gives, me, gives me a little chuckle that she doesn't believe that his gayness is something that she can't defeat. I got to admire her spunk. Listen, (laughs) if I'm looking for things in this show to be happy about and, and it's QTV, um, it's not a good sign for the show, but I'm, I'm going to try. And so that gave me a little chuckle that, that everyone's looking at her like she's crazy. Like, you know, they they don't even have to say it anymore. They, they, they just say it with their eyes. Like even the random white guy who takes notes on a notepad in 2023, um, like he's a like he's a gumshoe detective in a in a nineteen fifties movie or something, um, and still has no name. Um, but uh, he reminds me of like the 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 uh, AV instructor correctional guard on Orange is the new the new black. Anyway, that's a, that's a, anyway, they all look at her like she's crazy. But uh, yeah, QT said something that was almost clever. But then they then they got to. Uh, you know, Aaron Solo, you know, goes the long way to come up with the new tag team name. And he's like, yeah, that's what we're going with. So that was, uh, yeah, haha. Uh, and and then Johnny and then Johnny kicking the uh, the acclaimed music into the trash with his big, like uh, 
big highlight right. kick. That was cool. The highlight of the show where he did the where he did the kung fu sidekick. He throws the cell phone up in the air where he listens to the music. He does this uh, like a sidekick catches it in the air like almost like a frisbee and kicks it into a trash can and the trash can lid drops down and then he does his like action pose into the camera. Of course he's shirtless, but you know of course he is. And he goes trash. That was good. That was uh, good. And for some reason they they well not some reason but they. I don't know if this is good or bad. I think it's bad, but it's probably good from a, from a continuity standpoint. Is that they remember Hobbs and they're talking about him? Of course, he's, he he can't be bothered to be in the room with them. No, why would you want to be? He's busy writing the book of Hobbs. Um, also, the guy steals all the pencils. <laughs> also, I had mentioned this on the on on uh, the skirmish this week, but I, I would actually really like to see them lean into this whole idea of. Uh, what the fuck is her name? The Australian chick, Harley Cameron. Harley Cameron. I would really like to see them lean into this idea of Harley Ham of Harley Cameron, like converting Anthony Bowens. Yeah. Like, I think it would be really funny to have, like, you know, you have like a situation where he's like, he's like sitting down and he's getting ready for his match or whatever, and then Harley comes in and she's like really laying it on thick and like leaning over top of him and like you know, kissing his ear or something. And then she walks out and then you have Caster come in and be like, what the fuck's going on? And Bowen's is just like, maybe I'm not as gay as I thought I was. Like that would be, I like, I, I, I picture these things in my head and I'm like, this could be so fucking fun. Like this could be super entertaining. I mean, yeah, you could, you could have like, you know, it starts with flowers are delivered. Then it starts with like, you know, you have like a, like a singing delivery person with balloons and candy and whatever. Then you know the 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 ass team is hanging out like you know they're eating outside because it's it's hot and they're you know they have a good table and like she sends over a mariachi band and you know a bottle of tequila from the lady at the bar and you see her there like this and then at the other time she goes and you know Bowens goes walks into their dressing room and he's like hey what are you doing this is our dressing room and she she goes over oops and you just see from the back there the top opens up and you know <laughs> you don't see anything and she's like wardrobe malfunction. And then you see like sidle out like this covering up, and uh, yeah, it, it it could be fun. It would be it'd be eighties campy stuff, but you know, it, it it could be fun. It's there. They won't they won't get it that good, but maybe they will. I I don't know, but you know, eighties yeah. campy stuff not great, great, not terrible. I mean, that's all I can say. It was not great, but it, it was better than most of the rest of the show. Yeah, it was better than most of the wrestling, unfortunately, on the show. Um, next up here, we've got Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. They're teaming up in this blind eliminator tag team tournament thing, and their opponents are Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Hardy and Garcia start the match off with a taunt off, which is how you know a match is going to be a real banger. Mm -hmm. uh, Jarrett gets a huge pop for doing the strut, actually gets a huge pop. The crowd loves seeing him do the strut. And then Sammy Guevara got booed for doing the same. So great face heel reactions here. Uh, really, really happy that they're that they, they've they've made it clear who the good guys and bad guys are in this match. Yeah. Okay. I was listening to commentary pretty closely on this, and Jericho several times absolutely did not say Danny Garcia or didn't say Sammy. Like he got their names wrong as well, and he also kept kept saying, you know, they can't stay in my way forever. He meant they, they can't stay in my shadow forever, but he actually said they can't stay in my way forever, which is, I think, was a Freudian slip. I think it's what he meant. Yeah, I think he might have been trying to say under my wing uh, at a few points, but yeah, it was just bad. I mean, Chris Jericho on commentary overall bad. Yeah. 
uh, not good at telling stories, not good at focusing on what should be focused on in the moment, not good at focusing on what's happening in the ring. Um, there's attempted cheating by Double J Lethal here, as uh, you know, Matt Hardy gets gets thrown the um, guitar. the guitar. And he throws it back and he says, no, I'm not going to use it. So, of course, Garcia and Guevara wind up winning. Because Matt didn't cheat, uh, Double J Lethal jump him. Uh, Brother Zay comes down, but he's taken out by the useless giant. And then Ethan Page makes the save and uh, the heels powder out. So Right. And uh, also Danny Garcia, hot tag Sammy, who delivered his version of the go to sleep, whatever he calls it. and um, Go to hell. The go to hell. And uh, then Garcia stole the pin, but I mean, it doesn't matter. They're a team, so I, I don't think it really matter who took the glory. But yeah, Sam, Sammy was obviously not happy. Now, didn't we do this story like six months ago and three months before that, where they were trying to get along and they weren't friends, but they were rivals for Jericho's attention? Then they were actually friends, but then one was going to turn heel and one wasn't, and one was going to be a, a pure wrestler and the other. And then Sammy went into the four pillars thing, and and now we're right back to to this again. Um, yeah, this yeah. this match wasn't good, and I don't see why Sammy would care that he stole the pin because they're a team and they still advance. So who the fuck cares? It's not like you know Penny Matt Hardy in 2023 is any big to do. And I would think that Sammy would still have uh, PTSD from all times he almost killed Matt Hardy. Um, <laughs> be worried about being in there with him. But yeah, I mean they, they were like. 400 people involved in this match and you're right the, the giant is useless i mean you actually i actually heard karen jarrett yell help him go help him i'm not sure if that was part of the actor she was reminding him that he was supposed to stop being a tree trunk but he you know he's been, <laughs> he's been in this company about 14 15 months he's learned one move he, he's learned a choke slam yep and that was that was not a smooth looking choke slam either like he had to he had to reposition his hand twice before he lifted him up which is i mean bro like you can't do one fucking thing on a guy who's 6 foot 1 and a half and weighs 163 pounds like man no good um anyway yeah ethan page makes the save cuz ethan page is just awesome and also ethan page loves matt hardy just like matt hardy loved ethan page for a while after he didn't love Ethan Page. And then right. Ethan Page now loves Matt Hardy after he didn't love Matt Hardy. So, I mean, at some point here, I'm fully expecting that Ethan Page is going to gain, you know, uh, control over Matt Hardy's contract. And we'll just do the same fucking thing again. Just imagine the, the, then when and if Mark Quinn and Jeff Hardy and Scorpio Sky come back and they all have their old partners back and they could, they, I mean, they could do this forever with the permutations of those six. I mean, you know, who could be the face, who could be the heel, who could be friends, who could be enemies. I mean, they, they could have their own game fight forever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, swerve forever. Um <laughs> Anyway, there's a hype package for Collision. It's the same one from Dynamite, hyping the semifinals of the Owen tournament. So they're hyping both uh, Samoa Joe and CM Punk and Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Both of these, you know, it's slightly different than the one from Dynamite, but both of these hype packages that we've heard from both Samoa, from Samoa Joe and CM Punk and not heard from Starks and Powerhouse. And I would have preferred to have maybe one of these video packages where you hear from Starks and Hobbs where they're saying, listen, like we were tag team for a while. We were really good friends. And we, you know what I mean? Like t 
telling their story also because they're the other half of this semifinals to this to this tournament. Well, Harley Cameron did mention that Hobbs can beat Ricky Starks just like he used to. Um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely uneven treatment. And I get it that that Punk is the star that they're building around or they want to build around, and and the Punk Joe match is obviously the bigger of the two matches on a on a bigger stage, but you know, Starks and Hobbs are arguably, you know, two cornerstones of the future of the company. So, and they should treat them as big. It's it's just one is oversaturated, the other isn't. I mean, it, it, the hype package, we did see it. We saw it on Dynamite. We saw it a week ago. Well, we saw it again tonight. But also, like, we, we saw a commercial for Collision, which was basically an abbreviated ver version of the same hype package, um, which, I mean, it's good that they're promoting Collision a lot. It's probably better if they do it during Dynamite than Rampage. Uh, you know, four times during an hour plus the because yeah, all of the people who are watching Rampage are already watching uh, Collision, I mean, all of but, them, and for, two thousand more people. Exactly, so it's like to the number. It's it's like it's probably it, it may well be the exact same people. <laughs> I, I saw that there's a Twitter account that I think it's like just Alex, but it's a well a l y x something like that, and also they're 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 publishing the DVR numbers, which. Yeah, they've never done before. No one's ever published the DVR numbers for any other show, but they're publishing them for Collision. You go, see, there's actually a lot of people watching. No, it doesn't. I mean, first of all, I generally watch live, but my DVR is set all the time. So I'm not two people. I'm one person. I, I watched it once, but yeah. this, would, this would count me as two. Second, DVRs don't count. And the reason is because you can skip or fast forward through the commercials on the DVR, and most people do. So they count for nothing to advertisers. The whole point of the demo, if it counts at all, or viewership to the extent that it counts, is that you you have people watching your commercials, not skipping through them desperately. Um, so no just Alex at Twitter.com or whatever it is. Um, DVR numbers don't count, but if you're going to count them, fine. Just count them for every show. Count them for all the AEW shows. Count them for all the WWE shows. Count them for NXT. Count them for anything else that you can find that's on a network. Count them for Impact in New Japan. You can't do it for YouTube shows, but the, you know, you know, either don't count them ever or count them always. Yes, exactly. I mean, and again, like you know, if we're counting the DVR numbers, then okay, fine. Like. Then, then Collision had 800,000 viewers last week, and SmackDown had 5 million. Great. Probably. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, we're, if we're doing it, then we're doing it. And if we're not doing it, then stop doing it and shut the fuck up. Just take the L. Like, like my, my, my personal viewpoint on, like, Collision is take the L. It's okay. And it's not good. Those numbers are not good, but you do have a bunch of built-in excuses. That show went live three hours after Money in the Bank finished. It, it you know what I mean? Like there was other things going. On. I can't remember what else. There was like, yeah, it was the big holiday weekend. Exactly. There's lots of reasons, but if you're AEW, you go, you go. Okay, yep, that was not a good week, but. We believe in the product, and we're going to keep going with the product that we have set, and people are going to watch it. They're going to love it, and we're going to grow our audience eventually. You know, like, that's what you have to do if you're AEW. You can't, like, you can't, you can't react to this and go, oh, we better make it dynamite, because yeah. you already have one of those. And, and they legit have two TV main events tomorrow. I mean, 
actually under the right circumstances with the right story those could be high card matches on on the right pay-per-view uh, i yeah. mean if it was built i mean there's the, can't complain about the, the hobbs against starks and and punk against uh joe so uh you know there, there's you know it's, it's, you know everyone keeps saying saturday is death valley maybe it is maybe it isn't but i mean the stats say that a million more people watch TV Saturday night than Friday. So, it, you know, if it, if it's Death Valley, then, I mean, what what's Friday night? Is that, is, that, is the Gobi Desert worse than Death Valley? Is like the Australian Outback worse? I'm, you know. Yes, the Australian Outback is worse than everywhere. That's what okay. that, that's what being friends with Jimmy has taught me is that there is nothing worse than the Australian Outback because <laughs> everything there wants to kill you, including the nothing that is there, is trying to kill you. It's it's a bad place yeah well the absence of everything else can kill you so yeah um so yeah so uh, rampage is the actual out absence of it's the vacuum of nothingness exactly so let's keep reviewing it um hikaru shida versus marina shafir is up next and over vacuum holy fuck was this rough jeff um marina shafir has not gotten better at wrestling since jump i mean she Five still isn't even year. She it's, still isn't even lying. good enough to make her sure her own shoulders are down for a pin. Like, wow. Sheeta wins this, but it was rough. Like, if you're going to go back and not watch a single match from this week, this is the one to skip, folks. Like, this is the one to just skip it. Like, your DVR is already skipping forward. Do not stop when you see. Karushita and Marina Shafir just yeah, jumped rough. right through it. And and the scary thing is, this was the only one that was like a normal match, like one on one. But yeah, Marina Shafir isn't any good, and and you know Karushita she, she tries, but she's not good enough to carry Marina Shafir. And this this was, but they they said that Marina Shafir is five and zero in singles competition this year. It is July seventh. She's had <laughs> five matches into the seventh month. So now she's five and one, which is, I think, the only time I remember her being on TV in a match, not, you know, walking out with Nyla Rose, which was probably three times. Maybe she was on once before, maybe in a tag match. And Hikaru Shida apparently is on a seven match winning streak. I don't know if that includes tag matches or otherwise, but she hasn't exactly been working a whole lot this year either. No, uh, neither one of these ladies have. And yeah, I like, I, I like a lot of times I will say, okay, if the match is really bad, it's both people's fault. This was Marina Shafir. Like, Hikaru Shida is not to blame for how badly this match went. Yeah, this I've seen Marina enough from Hikaru Shida. Yeah, Hikaru yeah. Shida knows how to wrestle, but Marina Shafir, she, I mean, it's truth in advertising. She she says it herself. She's the problem. She is the problem. She uh, She's basically like the female uh, Satnam Singh. She, she just <laughs> doesn't get it. She's not going to get it. Stop trying to make Marina Shafir a thing, guys. Um, it's like fetch. You're just not going to make it a thing. Um, Chris Statlander is up next, and she has, I don't know what the fuck she was wearing. It was like a golf visor thing, <laughs> but uh, over but her eyes. It was almost like a welder's visor, but like, like with, but for Daft Punk. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a face thing. And it was almost like she was going back to her alien gimmick, but she's not. Try to do justice to this promo because I, okay. I think afterwards we're, we're this was a, probably a three minute promo, but I think it might require like double that in dissection. 
It was, uh, yeah, okay. So she she's definitely trying to make a t-shirt. First of all, she says, I don't know if you know this, Renee, but I am the defeater of the undefeated. Wouldn't that be good on a t-shirt, Renee? And Renee's like, oh, yeah, I'd buy that. And I thought, you liar. You terrible fucking liar. You would not buy that t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she follows it up with, again, I don't know if you know this, Renee, but... You can only use that once in a promo. You can't use that two sentences in a row. You can't say, I don't know if you know this, but unless that's like your gimmick. If your gimmick is like, you know, you're giving people random bits of information and you're like, I don't know if you know this. But on the 1984, you know, but but in the book 1984, blah, 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 blah. Like if that's your gimmick, cool. But if it's not, you can't fucking use it twice. Yeah, but you can't fucking use it twice in a promo. Anyway, the next thing that she says is, I don't know if you know this, Renee, but Chris Stats is where it's at. And I thought, oh, there's the T-shirt. Right. She also made reference to that she has defended the title seven times already. I think she won it three weeks ago. So, I mean, is she talking about house shows too? I mean, I, I you know, things that we haven't even seen. Uh, so, so just like her best friends, who we haven't seen her with since she's come back. So she's referencing them, though they haven't mentioned her. We haven't seen her. So is she still aligned with the best friends or not? I mean, I really don't care. I, I hope not, sort of, but not, not that investment. And that's saying, but the whole promo, the whole, aside from him being bad and tired and her being a bad actress, this was a heel promo. Yep, it but sure she's was. not supposed to be the, the, the kid. And she's got the open challenge. I mean, because it was taking so much time, like, weren't you expecting Taya Valkyrie or someone to come in from the side and say, I accept? Or it's about damn time I got my shot or something? I mean, I was expecting it to be some payoff to it, but there wasn't. There was just her, her, the status where it's at. No, no. It was so healy. It was, it was terrible. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happened this, but. She, she, this is not good. I mean, it's amazing how much everyone misses Jade. So she can't cut a promo. She's not a good wrestler and she's injury prone. I totally get the appeal, Jeff. I totally get it. Yep. I understand now. Now you pointed out. (laughs) Holy shit. Like you can't like go back to being a fucking alien. At least that was quirky. Yeah. Yeah. Be with the best friends. That's fine. Oh, Danhausen, you got a demon, an alien, a mute, basically, a lazy mute. That's great. Uh, yeah. That's great. You could have you could have all kinds of fun interactions between the demon and an alien. That would be funny. You could right. actually make me laugh. And you've got a tag team that, that can be split up at any time. Rocky Romero shows up and says, "Nah, I just want to wrestle with Trent tonight." Yeah, it's great. Uh, speaking of Trent, it's time for the main event. Main event, Trent. Uh, Big Bill and Brian Cage will take on Trent Barretta and Matt Seidel. One of these teams looks like the real fighter, fighters, and the other team is driven to the show by their moms. <laughs> In a, a white minivan. Yeah. I want to say something nice about Matt Seidel. Because AEW has a lot of these small, undersized, flippy guys. You got your Jungle Boys. You got your Sammy Guevara. You got your Dar- the Martin Brothers. Uh, Action Andretti, Commander. Yep. I don't know if he's with the company or not, but El Hijo del Vikingo. Uh, and, and there's so many others, I can't even think of them at the moment. Um, Matt Seidel is in his 40s. He might be pro- approaching 50. He's better than all of them. 
He's yes, a he better is. wrestler. He's faster. He's he's quicker. He's more natural. He's he's smoother. He's better than every single one of them. And, he's and been he gets how to be a high flying small guy. He yes. gets it. The and other guy is going to overpower you sometimes. That's just going to happen. You have to sell. Yeah. And if you're not going to take advice from I, I don't know CM Punk or Samoa Joe or whatever, at least take advice from Matt Seidel because he's he was you. He probably was always better than you. And he's better than you now, and he shouldn't be. You between 25 and 30, you should be better than him now. And you're not, it's not even close. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love uh, to sort of go back to the beginning of this match. I love that Big Bill just shows up in his skinny jeans. <laughs> he just shows up and he's just like, you know, everybody else is getting dressed or whatever and they're putting trunks on. And Bill just shows up in a t shirt and his like, they're like, I'll tell you, okay, you, you're going to get ready? Sure. And then he just takes his shirt off and walks out. Like, there's no there's no wrestling gear for Big Bill. I'm just showing up in my fucking skinny jeans. I don't give a shit. That's right. And and Cage comes out again with Prince Nana, but not the other two guys, because why? Or yep. Swerve, because why? Because why? Why would you Why would you pay them guys? Right. Um, no embassy. Not, can't be bothered. Right away here, I'm thinking to myself, Bill should honestly just be main eventing someplace. Like, he's good. He looks like a million bucks. He can talk well. He's he's Sid. He's Diesel. He's Kane. Like, why is he not somewhere where he's being pushed as an attraction? I don't know. I I mean, you know, I I I'm not a fan of this guy. Everybody knows this, and for and a lot of people are We're talking about Grayson Waller. The Grayson Waller effect, I think, would be enhanced if he had a heavy and, you know, big bill there working security that 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 could work out pretty well. That'd be great. That'd be great. And, yeah, I I noticed that basically everyone in this match who isn't best friends with with the Bucks um, are really good. <laughs> Seidel, Bill, Cage, they're all good workers. They all did stuff in this match that I went, oh, yeah, that's cool. I like that. Um like you said, Seidel, he's very quick and he's smooth, man. He, he, he at one point, he did like Uruken Rana on Cage and it looked so fucking good. Like, it's been a while since I saw a Hurricane Rana look that good. Like that was smooth the way he the, the way that, that that move came across. And everything that he did here tonight, he was just great. I mean, he was really fantastic as a high flyer. And he does that matrix, you know, back pivot to to avoid a blow better than penelope ford and like a 45 year old dude shouldn't be able to do anything better than penelope ford when it comes to gymnastics really though um and then cage caught Seidel a few times when he was doing like high flying moves and i love that i love every once in a while when he catches somebody like in a suplex position like he just straight up catches you in the air mm -hmm. and it's like no no you don't understand you're wrestling the incredible hulk i really like Again, there were so many little spots in this match where I'm looking at everybody in here who isn't Trent and thinking, God, all three of these guys should be should have a bigger fucking role. Like all three of these guys are a better than they're given credit for in this company. Right. Yeah. They actually, yeah, you're right. They all they all work well. And you know, Cage, he actually had a statement today. Like, I don't know when the interview took place or who he was speaking to, but he said that the AW fans boo him or or don't don't seem to want to get behind him, not because he's a heel or pretty much has always been a heel, but because he has 
WWE attributes, which I guess means because he's big and sort of methodical. But most of his career, like the the the, the knock on him was that he wanted to wrestle like a cruiserweight, and he would keep hurting himself, and his big rip, his big steroidy muscles would go rippy rippy a lot. Um, <laughs> But uh, now he's he's working more slowly, and and you know, and they keep resigning him. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I want to say I don't understand why they don't do more with him, but of course I understand. I mean, I, I've been saying it since you know month three or four of this promotion. Big men are there. Uh, well, it had to be later because they didn't have any big men in the beginning. So, but but big men exist in AEW just to make little men look better. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, it's. It's like, you know, what, what are my notes here? Big Bill shows up in skinny jeans for his matches. Like, who fucking cares? I'm just here to make these midgets look good. Yes, that's right. <laughs> like, how, how do you get skinny jeans for a guy who's seven feet tall? Uh, those are those are definitely custom. Those are like he's got a he's got to pay somebody to, to get those made. Like, that's you. You don't find like, what the fuck are those legs? Fifty two. Like, what are those? Maybe uh, I don't know. Yeah, what's he called? Seth Rollins is Taylor. Yeah, I exactly. I don't need any tiger print. No, no, I don't need any sequence. I just, I just need skinny jeans. Here's the catch: I'm seven foot one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Um, all right. The end of this match kind of shocked me because I thought to myself, okay, here's these big guys, and then here's Trent on the other side. <laughs> Fucking Trent's getting this win, right? Uh, but no, the way that this the way that this finishes is Bill legitimately had to lean down so that he could take a double super kick, which made me chuckle. And then he just no sold it, did a double clothesline on the both of them, and then Cage Cage set up for a power bomb. Uh, Bill hits a clothesline into the power bomb, and they get the win. I, I yeah. they're definitely going to lose the next match. Oh, sure. But I was pleasantly surprised here. I was like, oh, they actually booked this properly. Holy fuck! Well, see, I saw Matt Seidel come out, and I knew. Well, there's your pin eater. And so the only thing I was thinking of looking at the clock, I'm like, oh my god, it's still ten forty something, which means I'm getting more. I'm getting ten minutes plus of this. Because there's nobody involved in this where anyone's going to run in and cause any mischief, right? I, I'm trying to go through my head, like Chaos and Suzuki. No, they're done with that. They don't need to talk about that for another 10 and a half months. Uh, so, so yeah, the, 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 there's nothing going on here. Would would Keith Lee care about? Nah, he doesn't care about the cage. Swerve's not there. I'm like, nope, I'm just going to get a 14-minute match of, of two little guys, you know, running around at least Seidel was good that's all I'll say at least Seidel was good and and he was uh you know he you know he did what a little man shook he he ducked and moved and he evaded he did keep centered his kicks around the lower part of the body focusing on knees and ankles a lot and then when he thought he had you then he kicked you in the head to knock you down and do a hurricane rana uh, I, I loved by the way he did he like he faked the kick to the to the leg and then he went up top it's a, it's an actual move yeah. in kickboxing called the question mark kick and he, mm -hmm. he pulled it off like exactly the way you're supposed to, only he didn't actually kick anyone in the fucking head. Like, God, Matt Seidel is good. They, they yeah, really, good. man, they need to push these three guys. They're they're way better. They're way better than like half the roster, all three of those guys. The, the one thing that I'll say about this match that I really hated is, again, at one point, everyone's in the ring. The ref's not telling anyone to get out. It's just four guys in the ring all doing double team moves. Nobody's get, The referee's not counting to five. The referee's not counting to 50. He's just letting people, letting four guys 
all attack each other in the ring, just like they did in every other tag match on this, on this night. And it honestly, it bugs the shit out of me. Cause I'm watching it and I'm just yeah. like, why? Like what, what is stopping them from just saying, Hey, listen, we know that you've seen wrestling before, and here are the rules that you've been that you've been told are wrestling rules. But in our company, we're not going to follow these rules. And then I can just shut the fuck up about it every week. I don't have to think about it. Well, I want to gripe about one more thing that's related to that directly. Um, at least point to who's the legal man, because I had no idea who was the legal man at some point. So the referees can go you're legal, you're legal, and make a big show of it like referees do, over-exaggerated, yell really loud, so at least we know who, who we should be paying attention to for any impactful moves, because I don't even know who to watch, and when, you know, and, you know, as much as I like a double clothesline, that seemed to be the only move that, that, that Cage and, and Big Bill actually knew how to do. They both did double clotheslines, and, you know, they, they put their leg up and do the kick to the face, you know, I mean, you know, which is fine. You know, and the, you know they both. You know, one does a choke slam, one does a power a power bomb. That's okay. I mean, th those are the moves that those guys should do. But you know, that that's also for a six and a half minute match or longer if they're just playing with their food for a long time. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's there's diff there's always going to be nitpicks on this. Um, all right. Well, hey, that was Rampage. Um, again, yeah. a bit of a surprising finish uh, to the night, and. Um, I don't know. It was that's about it. Like all I can really say is like I'm glad Big Bill and Cage got a win. That's cool. Uh nothing happened. I mean, nothing happened. I, I guess if you're in AEW world, the biggest thing that happened is that Sammy and Danny advance and continue the how long can they coexist until they can't coexist. Aside from that, I don't think anything of, of any impact even really happened. I mean unless you want to count the elite BCC with dark order thing, but I don't, I mean, I, I had almost blocked it out of my mind and just until I remembered the black leather jacket thing. Um, this, this show was, I mean, completely forgettable. Um, and I think that's bad. I, 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 you know, it, it like feels, it doesn't feel like the C show when there's only three shows. I mean, it, it feels sort of like the, the E show that said, I didn't, I didn't think it was a terrible show. I, I sort of felt like it was like, zero hour during forbidden door too it was like it was okay it just seemed pointless i mean like why am i watching yeah. this nothing, nothing really happened uh but i wouldn't give it an f uh, like a, like we've given some dynamites i'm not i probably wouldn't have given this week's dynamite an f i saw a skirmish and you guys did you were both i think you were both in the cc plus range and i think that's yep. probably where i would have fallen in as well um jimmy this... and i both gave it a c plus <sighs> I mean, I don't know if, if I if I grade Rampage the same way I grade Dynamite. I guess I'd probably give this a C minus because just because nothing impactful happened and and some of it was sloppy. So yeah, so I guess I will stick it since it really is the third hour Dynamite anyway. So yeah, C minus. All right, I'm going to give it a D plus. Um, the 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 you know the fact that it's not a failing grade is based purely on like. Uh, Big Bill and Brian Cage getting a win. I, I don't care about anything else that happened on this on this show. It was actively pretty bad. The referees were embarrassing. Uh, there was logical inconsistencies all over this show. At least one of these matches was not good enough for for TV, like at all. Like Marina Shafir and Hikaru Shida, that was not a TV match. Like mm -hmm. she's not good enough for television yet. 
and she's been training for like five fucking years. She's not going to yeah. be good enough for television. Just drop her. Stop it. Just it just cut the fucking cord. That's enough. You don't have to keep trying with some of these people. Some people just don't get it, and they're never going to get it. Marina Shafir is never going to get pro wrestling. That's right. Um, you landed her husband against the absolutely no competition. Nobody else wanted him. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. AEW is continually like they—they they seem like they're you know they're—they're—they're they're, they're really worrying about re-signing. Like I saw that they were you know they're re-signing the elite for more money than they're currently paying them, and I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> Were they going to go to WWE and be right. like, you know, and be your main eventers? Like, <laughs> who, who, who else is bidding for them? Who else can afford to bid bid on them? I mean, there's only one company, and I don't think that company is interested in the Young Bucks. Might that be interesting, Kenny? Yeah, they probably are interested in Kenny. I, you know, I, I don't know what them. his fortune. Yeah, I don't know what his what his fortunes would be in the WWE. I know he'd make a fortune. But I, I'd be interested in seeing it. it, it it'd be a, you know a fun little thing. Uh, the Young Bucks, no interest in seeing them there whatsoever. The, we already have a brother team called the Usos, which is we. They're not the we. WWE already has a brother team called the Usos, and they are far better and far more believable than than the Young Bucks. And you know, and and I'm not saying the Young Bucks don't take wrestling seriously, but it, but they take seriously the way Penn and Teller took magic seriously. Um, they, they do not take pro wrestling seriously what they do is not pro wrestling jeff that they're not these guys are not doing professional wrestling (laughs) they're just doing spots they're just doing moves there there is no story to any fucking young bucks match that i can discernibly tell and i've been watching these guys every week for four years it, it's rare when there's a story in the match with when the Young Bucks are. I, I, I have seen a couple. I can't think of any off, off hand right now, and that's not a good thing. But yeah, no. But like, like I said, they're they're to, they're like to wrestling what Penn and Teller were to Magic. They their their whole their whole gimmick is here. It's you can see exactly what we're doing. You're 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 part of the act with us. Ha ha ha. Um, and you know that's really not what WWE is all about. And if it was, there'd be one person. It'd be like a Deadpool in the in the MCU kind of thing. Anyway. No, and I know I know exactly what would happen with Kenny Omega if they signed Kenny Omega. He would instantly go, you know, straight into the real important stuff and that super long title reign that's been that's been going on forever now and that everyone's talking about and everyone's super focused on, that would be ended by Kenny Omega. And by that, of course, I mean Kenny Omega would become the United States champion by beating Austin Theory. <laughs> I thought you may was gonna beat Dana Brooke for the twenty four seven. that's about the level i'd have kenny omega um but anyway yeah so hey we both gave rampage a passing grade this week and um yeah jeff tell the people where they can find you well when i'm not here on the homie media group and channel attitude which i am for three shows a week uncaged mac attack and the wreckage chris's the show that he has spearheaded he's the he's the tip of our spear he's he's the he's our uh Beretta Spear, as uh, I th- think one of the commentators said tonight. Um, by the way, that was great. He was being injured and you know, no, and then runs right into a spear or turns himself into a spear. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Twitter at IcarusFellMD. Uh, I started the Threads account. Honest to God, I, I have no idea what I'm doing with it. I don't like it there. It's it's boring. But I think it's just under my real name, Jeff Lipman. If you didn't know my real name, now you do. Whoop-de-do. Uh, you can always find me on the PWC as well. 
uh, oftentimes on Smack Talk, sometimes on the skirmish show when I'm called into need, every now and then when we do an extra or a prediction show or a pay-per-view review show, and sometimes on the machismo, but maybe the machismo was already done this week. I'm not clear if that's true or not. Um, yeah, machismo got done. We did it. Oh, yeah, God. I was on it. This I was on it this week. I'm sorry. Um, Raw was, I mean, it was better than Rampage, but it was like Rampage. It's like nothing happened. Um, all right. Where else? Uh, well, Hammerlock Hangover, also on the PWC. And uh, my actually, I just dropped a, uh, we're going to have a new episode dropping tomorrow, but I dropped a show either this morning or yesterday, which with an interview with uh, NWA wrestler, one half of the uh, U.S. tag team champions, the uh, thoroughbred Anthony Andrews. And the reason we did that is because uh, NWA is having a charity event this week. HP cares for Cooper. Uh, Cooper Roberts it was a kid who was in the uh, one of the victims of the Highland Park mass shooting uh, just over a year ago. He was shot in the back. His twin brother Luke was also shot, and their mother also was injured in 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 this incident. So Highland Park's rallied behind him. Billy Corgan's from the area. Uh, he's the president of NWA. If you didn't know that, so they're they're doing a charity event. You can donate. So if you're interested, you just Google HP cares for Cooper or go to NWA ticks um, or NWA Highland Park. I'm sure it'll, all the connections will come up there. And if you're in the area, you can go. It's free on Saturday. But if you pay more than $75, you'll get the VIP sitting in the first two rows. And then on Sunday, there's three blocks of tapings. Tickets are basically 25, started basically 25 bucks. So you can see the next several episodes of Power the, before anyone else does. Um, anyway, uh, Garden of Doom and Garden View is my non-wrestling podcast, so please check those out. They're uh, a pretty interesting variety of stuff, and that's where the line about the, the Chris pulled out where uh, I hate Jefferson on the 4th. It wasn't really me. It was an author. And this week, Jefferson's getting a comeback with an author who wrote a different book about Jefferson and uh and I had no idea I would have two people on Jefferson, but once I did, I realized that uh, one had to be on July 4th, and because I could do the housekeeping, I put that one first. Anyway, um, and yes, Aviation Law. I finally did record that show as well with uh, my partner, well, my boss, one of the partners, Tom Dunlop, so that'll be the week after. All right, that's where you can find me. Chris, how about you? Where can they find you? Well, you can find me uh, right here on the Hameen Media Group and ChannelAttitude.com, where we do Rampage Uncaged, uh, The Smack Attack, and also, say it with me, folks, after the collision, we sift through the wreckage. wreckage. That's right. Uh, through the wreckage. Um, that show we do uh, generally Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning, my time, that's Central Standard Time, um, or thereabouts. Uh, this week we're going to be doing it just after Wreckage because I have a 11-hour drive I have to do Sunday morning, and I don't feel like trying to do that while podcasting. Um, you can also find me on the PWC, that's the Pro Wrestling Coalition, Um Let's see. Uh, we did uh, the Wednesday night skirmish this week. We did. Well, I was also on the Monday night machismo uh, with uh, with Jimmy T and uh, and the vet who who joined us. Ooh. Yeah, it was a fancy one. It was real. And I just showed up out of nowhere to be like, Jimmy, put my goddamn show up. Um, <laughs> it was great. Um, speaking of which, you can go over to the PWC right now and you can uh, check out the latest episode of the far center where i discuss 
um, the Supreme Court's uh, recent decision about affirmative action. And I answer the question, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, you can go over there and you can check that out. That's a lot of fun. I'm also on Twitter at ChrisAms1. Um, other than that, you can find me out there on the mean streets. Uh, I've been Chris Sams. You've been Jeff Lippman. And you've been listening to Rampage Uncaged right here on the Hami Media Group and channelattitude.com. $5 a month. $5 a month. $5 a month for the best pro wrestling podcasts out there. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. Ole. Jeff? Stable, my friends.